Hey there and welcome. You are on Fix Yourself First and I'm your host, Dr. Christy Everstreet. And today we're learning how to recognize and rewrite our sexual templates. I want to help you understand what your sexual template is, where it comes from, what it's made up of, and then how to rewrite it if you choose to. This is a direct lesson that I teach in my Ideal Intimacy Method for Women program. And I thought, you know what? It'd be really helpful if everyone understood the impact of their sexual templates, what they actually can do about it and rewrite it, as well as the impact it has on relationships. So you're welcome. I pulled this straight out of the program and you get it here for free. I appreciate you showing up and being here. And as you can already tell, Changed up a couple of things in the intro. Want to see how it goes. I'm open to your feedback. Always want to make sure I'm giving you the most value as you give me your time each week to be here with me. So let's jump in and get started. What is our sexual template? When you hear template, what comes to mind? Well, the actual definition of a template is a gauge, a pattern, or a mold that is used as a guide to the form of a piece being made. So when we think about our own sexual template, it's that pattern we use to create our sexual selves. But here's the thing that's different. When we use a template to create something, for an example, if you're a sewer, you may use a pattern if you're creating a piece of whatever it is you're sewing. Or if you're a crafter, you might use a template to copy. If you're like me, I do a lot of emails. And so I have templates of emails and creating versus starting from scratch all the time. Or let's say you're out there looking for a job. You may use a new template to create a resume. The thing about these templates that I just shared is they'll have a starting point. Like we want to create something. So we start from a place. We use this template to create a second thing. When it comes to our sexual template, it was created without us realizing it unconsciously, without our knowledge it was even going on. Think about it like this. Our early sexual experiences, what we watch, maybe you stumbled across those VHS tapes or you came across that stack of Playboys, or you were exposed to something that caused you to say, hmm, this is interesting. I'm curious about this. Maybe you have trauma. Maybe you were abused, hurt in some way, or your boundaries were violated and you went through a very traumatizing experience as a teen or a child, a teen, or even a young adult. And then we go into young adulthood, starting to have experiences and then adulthood, having experiences, our curiosity that's totally normal and growing up, that's added into that sexual template and we have no idea. So here we are as these adults asking ourselves, what's our issue with sex? Why do I feel this certain way about this? Or why is it so hard to talk about sex with a partner? Why don't I enjoy it like I used to? Why isn't my partner enjoying it like they used to? We used to have sex all the time. Now it's barely any time. When did things change? When did I change? There's such a long list of questions that come up as we, as adults, look at sex and intimacy as a whole and then reflect back on those messages that we heard growing up, those experiences we had, where they were consensual and especially those that were non-consensual and that happened to us and caused trauma. These different things make up this sexual template of a self that we are. And now as an adult, we get this opportunity of understanding and rewriting what we choose to. Us being sexual creatures has nothing to do with how much we have sex, how much we don't have sex, how much we like it, how much we don't like it. 
It's there regardless of the role sex is playing currently in our lives. And our relationship with our own sexual template can either enhance or hurt our relationships. So they're really important. But let's break this down further and talk about what this sexual template is made up of. And in the lesson in the ideal intimacy method, I've drawn it out. So I'm going to ask you to visualize with me a house, like a basic, I don't know, second grade version of a house where you have a square triangle on top. That's the roof. You got your windows and your doors. Let's start with the bottom up of our sexual template. It's like this house. We start with the foundation. Our foundation of our sexual template is our thoughts and beliefs about our sexual selves, meaning how we feel about our sexuality, how we feel about our sexual self-esteem. Am I putting my worth on what I can do or can't do sexually? Is my confidence in my sexual self being affected by rejection, whether I'm giving rejection or I'm getting rejection in my relationships. How do I feel about sex overall? That's the foundational self. Then we look at the walls, right? The walls typically go up next with that framework. So the walls go up. Those walls is our arousal factor. It's what turns us on. It's what turns us off. And us knowing these things is super important. And think about these patterns of arousal. They happen whether we're solo, just us, or if we're in partnerships. Just like we have, you know, the five love languages that are out there. Remember those? Quality time, gifts, physical touch, acts of service, words of affirmation. Those different things make us feel or experience love. Those things can also cause us to experience arousal. Think about the last time your partner went and did some acts of service. They went out of their way. They cleaned up. They did some things that you don't want to do. And you're like, gosh, that was really incredible. That really turns me on. They did this for me. They sacrificed their time and energy to do this thing for me. Or words of affirmation. They say something to you that means a lot. Therefore, your trust goes way up in them in the moment, which you know is connected to intimacy or connection. That goes way up. And the arousal. And we know that our brains is the biggest sex organ we have. So that arousal factor is really important. So the walls in this house that we're building is made up of our patterns of arousal, turn-ons, and turn-offs. After our foundation, after our walls, we got our roof. That's the next thing going up, right? Now, I know technically in building a house, the roof ain't going to be the third thing going up, but hang with me here. There's literally next door to me a house being built. And you know, through my process of developing this part for the program, I was like, oh gosh, the roof, you know, isn't the thing that comes next. But I want you to think of it in this basic sort of way, because if you're that second grader grow, drawing this house out, that roof's going to be really important. It's up next, right? I want you to think of the roof of your sexual template as protection, right? The roof over our head protects us from the weather, from storms, from wind, from rain, from things falling on our heads. we got to have that roof. Our ability to trust ourselves and our decisions, and how we show up, and our ability to trust others, partners, people we're in sexual relationships with, that trust and protection is built around that roof. So our sexual template is made up of that. After our roof, we're going to take a look at our windows. That goes up, right? And that's how we see ourselves in relations to other people. How do we see ourselves in showing up? Are we comparing ourselves? Are we seeing others in the kind of relationships they're having or what they say is good? 
you can go by if you like old school copies of Cosmo magazine. It's all these how to have a quick orgasm and then how to do this and how to be wild in bed. It's like so blatantly out there, this pressure of how everyone else must be having this mind blowing, enjoying sex. What's wrong with me? And that comparisonitis that happens with our sexual self, but in a lot of parts of our relationship is seen in that window and that's integrated to our sexual template. The next is the door. This is a big one because you know, the door represents what? Boundaries. Yep. Just like the door in your house or wherever you live, you decide to open it and let someone or you close it real quick and, you know, kick somebody out or put them on the other side of the door. Who we allow in and who we allow out of our life is representation or sexual template because that is our power, our boundaries, teaching others how to treat us. And that is seen in this door of our sexual template. Then we've got all of the different rooms in our house, right? And just like the rooms in our house have different needs. Right now, I am recording this in my office. I come into my office to do work, to write, to daydream at times, sometimes to read when I get away from everybody. Then if I want to be done with work, I go into a living room area where there's couch, TV, Rob's sitting there most of the time, but the girls are up there. I go in there to relax or to be comfort or to visit or to be social. Then I may go into my bedroom when it's time to go to bed or I need to fold laundry or I need to clean up something or I just maybe want to read, relax and get away. And then we got the bathroom. It's pretty obvious. Hygiene, relieving ourselves, showering, brushing teeth, like all the things happen in the bathroom. Laundry room. I go on and on, but you get the point. Each room serves a different purpose. Not all the rooms are needed all the time. We're not in all the rooms all the time, right? So our rooms in our house for our sexual template represents our needs, wants, and desires. Different times in our lives, we're going to have different needs, wants, and desires, depending on wherever we're at at that point in our relationship and the season that we're in in our life. We decorate our room in different ways, just like we decorate our own sexual self, depending on the situation, the relationship, the connection, the lack of connection, all the different factors that play into it. And then the last part of our sexual template in our house visualization will be our attic. Here's the thing about our attic. Our attic houses all those messages, those that we started receiving as very young children, that we still receive today as adults. Think about what you were told about your sexual self, your body, your sexuality when you were a kid. Think about what People told you about how you're supposed to behave. For an example, I was taught you need to be a good girl. You take care of others. You don't be sexual. You don't show skin. You, you don't do anything. You, you know, save yourself into marriage. You don't have sex until you're married. That's, if you don't do that, you're not a good girl. And then we've got their religious shame that comes along with that, with religion and what it says you're supposed to and not supposed to. We integrate all these messages and all these things and we make them mean something about us. And there's a lot of shame that sets in. And shame can destroy us because the shame is saying that we're not good enough, that we are the problem, we are the issue. And that's tucked away in that attic. And we think, well, it's up there in that attic. I'm not dealing with it on a day-to-day, but it's stuck in that crawl space in our head. So even though it's out of sight, it ain't out of mind. It's still up there. These different parts of our sexual template visualized in this basic house 
is really important because if we don't realize our own sexual template and what we want to work on, improve and connect with and actually welcome and embrace, we're going to continue to struggle with our view of our sexual selves, our sexuality, as well as how we're showing up in our relationships. So now let's talk about how to rewrite this. What can you do today with this? Well, let's go back to our visualization of our house. Start back at the bottom with that foundation. A couple of questions in rewriting it. I just want to ask you these things. What are you telling yourself about your sexual self? How do you feel about your sexual self? How much of your worth and self-esteem are you placing on what you can do sexually or what you can't do sexually, what you're getting sexually, what you're not getting sexually? How much of your needs getting fulfilled? How much of it is being neglected? How's your foundation of your sexual template affected in your current relationship or maybe in a past relationship? You answering these questions gives you the chance to start rewriting the foundational part of your template. Next, let's go to those walls. Here's your questions. What are your turn-ons? What turns you on? Just as importantly, what turns you off? What arouses you? Think about those five love languages. Physical touch, gifts, words of affirmation, acts of service, quality time. What different things really turn you on? And how are those different in solo pleasure when it's just you versus with a partner or someone else? Do you give yourself space to explore both? Are there very loud messages that you're repeating in your head when it comes to pleasure? Are you being your own worst critic? Next, let's move to that roof. Our innate need to protect ourselves with trust. How am I with trusting myself, my decisions, what I do, how I treat myself, how I treat my body, how I view my body? How's my trust in others? Do I let everybody in and trust everyone? Or do I trust no one and keep everybody up? You hear that really all or nothing thinking there? What do I need to rewrite around this? Now moving on to the door. Who am I letting in? Am I letting somebody in my life right now that isn't serving me? They're hurting me? Who am I keeping out? Am I keeping somebody out that actually could be a great addition to my life, but I'm just so fearful and scared I don't want to take a chance? Who are you allowing yourself to be intimately connected with? What boundaries do I need to look at? How am I teaching others how to treat me when it comes to sex, intimacy, and connection? What will I put up with and what am I not putting up with anymore? Next is our windows. How do I see myself in relationship to others? Am I comparing myself, wishing I had the relationship like so-and-so or hoping it ends up looking like this relationship or that? Who am I watching and how is that affecting that self-talk and how is that coming out in those relationships? Next is our attic. These are those messages, remember, that we received, what was okay and not okay with ourselves, our bodies, pleasure. What are the messages that I was told growing up as a kid? What are those messages I was told as a teenager? What are those messages I was told as a young adult? And remember, these messages told may not have blatantly been said, hey, Dr. Christie, you're not a good girl if you fill in the blank. Is also what we absorb from those magazines we see from other people, from other experiences, and then we turn them in. They're up there in our attics of our sexual template, tucked away, but they're very much stuck in that place. So we've got two options in rewriting this. We dump out all of those messages that we can think of, brainstorm those out, and we either, number one, we dump them by letting go and rewriting them with a more accurate and 
current message that's serving us, that actually aligns with who we are rather than what others told us was okay or not okay with our sexuality. The second option is we can keep some of them. If they're working for you, if it's a message that helps you feel empowered, safe, and trusting, hold on to those. So dump it, let go, or keep them. Answering these questions is really going to help you work on rewriting this sexual template, aka that house, to make sure that it aligns with where you're at with your current growth. Look, you've come a long way. Sure, we got a little bit of ways to go, but goodness, if we stopped growing, we'd be bored to death. So this is good that we're constantly looking to say, how can I grow? What do I need to make sure is aligning with my purpose and my place in the world? Now that we've gone through these, you've started questioning and rewriting that sexual template. That was the goal today. And remember, this isn't something that you just do in a couple of minutes. This is something I want you to marinate on. I want you to think about a little bit. I want you to talk to a friend about it, a partner, or someone you're with, or someone you trust to get their thoughts on it too, because every single one of us have a sexual template. Again, this is a lesson specifically out of the Ideal Intimacy Method uh, for Women program, and I hope you find it helpful. Be sure to let me know any questions you have. Shoot me a DM on Instagram. It's kind of the quickest way to get in touch with me and let me know what you think. Or if you want to show some extra love, head on over to Apple's iTunes and go ahead and leave a review for this podcast or just share it with someone that you think will benefit from it. Thanks again for being here with me. I appreciate you so much and I can't wait to talk to you soon.